Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt. Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. The last podcast, we did the team grades for the Big Ten East for last season. This podcast, we will do the pick, uh, grades for the Big Ten West in order of finish, just like we did the East. But before that, we've got some housekeeping items. Uh, this has got a potential to have a little bit lengthier conversation before we get into uh, the team grade. So there could be some fun stuff in here, maybe a little bit longer pod. Housekeeping. Oh, thank you. Um, first housekeeping item. I'll let you start off with this one. Uh, in the last four or five days, you know, it's hard to keep track with stuff, but there's been rumors and whispers of rule changes that have to do with clock and yeah. length of games. So there's been apparently talks by the rules committee for four changes and with the specific intent of shortening games. So let's stop there. Do you think games need to be shorter? Okay, yes, but just a little? Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see it right around the three-hour mark. Uh, that's fine. I, th- I think when you get to four hours, that's way too long. And b- by the way, I see people saying, why do you want shorter? You want more football? It's not more football. You're not getting more football. And by the way, okay, what if it's 12 hours? Would you watch a 12-hour <laughs> football game? <laughs> I mean, that's... That that's a good question. No, yeah. I, I, that I would struggle to. Well, actually, I did watch a twelve-hour football game with Iowa last year. <laughs> that the Nevada game that got oh, called. Up. Yeah, okay. I think that's it was right. Like, I think it was like nine hours. <laughs> right. So no, I don't. I, I I got close to that, and that was bad enough. I think. I but I do think that's a funny part of the conversation. Is you know, if if I just sit and list off all the things in my life that cause me strife and grief. <clears throat> A, a too long college football game is pretty far down the list. Yeah, it's far down the list, but the, there are games that drag. And, and I and I do think it's if you keep it to say three hours, it's more like bang for your buck. Like you're right. I, 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 I like, get you there. Like if it's drawn out, it doesn't feel as enjoyable. But okay, I agree with all of that. Um, I don't think I'm going to notice much of a difference between a three-hour game and a three-hour and 15-minute game, yeah. but a three-hour game and a three-and-a-half-hour game, you definitely start to notice. Um, my my bigger issues are uh, um, when the game, when they set it up where uh, it starts at 11 and then the next game uh, is 2.30, you know, like after. Yep. And so many times it bleeds into, it's like, Right. All right, let's start manipulating these kickoffs. Like, let's just do 11 and 3. Like, just give us the yeah. four hours if we have to have a half-hour show. That that annoys me more, if that makes sense, yeah. than the actual football contest sure. being longer. Does that make sense? No, it does. Okay. But, again, you shouldn't have to bleed into the next game. Three and a half should be plenty to get a game done. I, th- I agree. I think. So I, I agree. I do think games need to be shortened a little bit. But I blame more of the TV situation than I do the actual rules of college football. But here's one thing I've never understood. You see this in other sports. You see it in soccer. You see it in motorsports where they they continue the coverage, but they'll have a commercial. Like, I know you're not going to do that during play, but why not have commercials between plays? Just flash it up on the screen Mm. so you have to do less commercial breaks. Why can't you do that? I think I might dislike that more. 
Really? I don't know. I, I'm just I'm trying to go through it in my head. Just like I, a just like a little blurb on the mm, side, off to the side. Okay. Brought to you by Pfizer. I, my official stance right at this moment is I don't know if I would like that or not. Okay. I'd, I'd be. I love I'd, it in motorsports. Okay. It's amazing. Never, never watch motorsports, so I, I wouldn't know how that goes. I never watch soccer either. You watch soccer? I. Someone told me. Okay. <laughs> Good save. Um, but don't you think? Don't you think the same people that are bringing this up as something to fix are the ones causing the problem with, in general, journalistic, TV advertising type of stuff? Like mm. I, I, I don't know. Like, and by the way, the last time we tried to do this, mess around with the clock, this spawned you know basically Oregon football because Chip Kelly found a you know, advantage, like, oh, so you can't, because the first, last time they did this was the, uh, you can't substitute deal. So then Chip Kelly's like, oh, so I can just keep the same guys out there and run plays 800 miles per hour. And it wound up being pretty much a, I don't want to say opposite effect of what they meant it to be, Mm -hmm. but it definitely had, you know, uh, um, um, things that arose from it that they never thought of. So then my uh, first thing is- Unintended consequence. Unintended consequence. Thank you. So my thought process is, is that going to happen again where a defensive coach or an offensive-minded coach, whatever, figures out what the advantage is and the game gets changed a little bit again? Prediction? Yes. Okay. Let's get into the four potential rule changes. Okay. Okay. Now, the first one is no calling consecutive timeouts, which I I'm, I think that is a good idea. Fine. Yeah. That, I can't imagine that's a big deal. That's basically uh, to ice a kicker. Is about yeah. It. Right. Okay. So it's, it would make very yep. minimal impact to Correct. the game, but at the same time, you shouldn't let someone call consecutive timeouts. If you want a timeout, you call timeout. You already got your timeout. No, you yeah. can't have another one. I, I'm fine by that. Okay. Number two, no longer extending the first quarter or third quarter for an untimed down and a defensive penalty. Fine. It's also going to make almost no impact to the game. Very little. But difference. I'm fine. I'm fine yeah. with doing it. I yeah. guess. Okay. Now we're getting into the good ones. Continuing to run the clock after a first down, so you keep the clock running like in the NFL, but not in the last two minutes of the half. Well, come on. Either do it or don't do it. Well, because obviously what they're trying to do is extend the action. People, you know, like as you've brought up intelligently on this podcast before. You know, technically, people go to football games to see scoring. You know, like so. That to me, the rule is to is to kind of show, hey, we do want to have some offensive firepower that happens. Some of the most exciting plays you see sometimes at the end of the half, but are obviously at the end of the game, right? So they want to extend it. Yeah, they still want they want the end of the game to continue to have more suspense and okay. excitement. But the real story here is up to the end of the half and the end of the game that. That could potentially speed things up quite a bit. It, I think it would. But I just That's the biggest one I've heard so far. I think you need to go all in on it though. If you're going to do it. I respectfully disagree again. I think I would want it That's how the NFL does it. I mean, they they do, it, Wait, do that the NFL stops the clock in the last 2 minutes? No, no, but it's it's the last 2 minutes of a half and game are a little bit different in the NFL yeah, than the regular. I I don't think they should be different. Okay. Okay, and the the fourth one. This one's interesting. Continue to run the clock on an incomplete pass after the ball is spotted. I mean, that's that's a big rule change. That's right an there. enormous rule change. That's too. That's going too far for me. 
I agree. Because I agree with that. Okay, doesn't it so you're basically saying that you can now instead of having to run the football to run the clock out, you can continue to pass the football. Or it's at least Yes. It's at least pushing it you know, tw- in that direction. And to me, that goes against what football is all about. I, like that is very well put. And I am adamantly against that. I hate this, this role. I, this, this makes the me first I'm two, getting the, angry the, just the, thinking about it. Okay. The first two are shrugs. Fine. Right. We're okay with those. Yeah. yeah I'm fine. With the those. third one, I think we're both okay with it, but <laughs> to me and you have a little bit different nuance. I, yeah. I don't think the end of the half thing being different is that big of a deal. You think it is, but whatever. But this one, this final one, I don't like it. No, that's that's crazy. Because one of the cool nuances of the sport of football is that rushing attack teams and passing attack teams have both a different style and approach to yep. win a football yep. contest. You're now giving way more advantages to teams that can throw the football, that, that that's their advantage, because now they can throw the football and run out the clock. And I like and I like the word nuance to me. There's nuance to, okay, we're a passing team, but guess what? When the time comes, we have to run the football, too. And that, that to me, that's the heart of football right there, is being able to run the football. So if you are, if you, you know, because I would assume people are going to hear this and say, well, of course, Jeff is saying this. He's an Iowa guy. Okay. Well, there's a lot of people I see that have hats that say run the damn ball. The glory days of most of our football programs, Ohio State. Eddie George, all those running backs, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Nebraska, Minnesota, all of our love for this Penn State, my gosh, all of our love for this sport was born from rushing attack and running backs for the most part. Yes. You, you, You are ushering in a completely different era of college football where you just don't care about that now. This is this could potentially be a sea change in in college football. Yes. And, and, and I'm tired adamantly. of all these. I did not. I, you know, it's funny. Like sometimes when things hit you in timing, like where you're at with work and stuff like that, I just didn't, I didn't have the throughput on, on these rule changes okay. to go through. Thank you for explaining that to me. Cause now I am passionately against it. Yeah. Wow. This is an attack on our game. It is an attack on our game. Huh? Yeah. I'm thinking about talking to like a local politician now or something this is a like, threat. How, do I, how do I stop this from happening? This is a threat to college okay. football. All right. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. Okay. You want to talk about potential new scheduling? Yes. Yeah, so there's kind of two things at once here. The very quick conversation is, you know, this is being decided soon. And, and what do I mean by soon? I don't know. It can and, happen in 48 hours or 48 days. I don't know. And we're specifically talking about, USC and UCLA being added to the Big Ten, and what is the schedule going to look like? what the schedule is going to look like. Now, the quick conversation with that is, you would think a person that would want their imprint on how this is going to go would be the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference. (laughs) Okay, that's a good point. We don't have one right now. Is it? Or is Kevin Warren technically still the commissioner? Is he? I I don't know. I I still haven't got a... How come nobody's talking about this? How is this not... And and we've had a couple conversations in our Big Ten football, you know, DM group. I think he might still be, right? Like, but they... Technically. Like, my read on the situation is he's technically still the Big Ten commissioner, but he is so obviously not interested in doing his job that they just realize they can't speak about the fact that their actual current Big Ten commissioner is not doing squat. So, you're in sales. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm in sales. <laughs> Have you ever like transitioned to a new territory, <laughs> but kind of in the interim, you also had to cover your old territory? How much did you really bother with your old territory? Not much. Nope, not much. Maybe some foreshadowing going on right there. Yeah. Um, yes, that is a good. That's a good, you know, comparison on what's going on. Long story short is, I, and then just above that, what like you just alluded to, the lack of conversation on who is the commissioner and of course even more importantly who is going to be the next commissioner does not seem to be happy. Usually you see these these rumor mill articles being tossed about like here are the top 5 yeah. names. I've seen very few of those. I've read one from the Okay. Yep. But then you you continue to see speculation. Oh, now this person's name has ent- has been tossed into the ring. Yep. Oh, it sounds like this guy's not interested. I haven't heard a damn thing. Not a damn thing. And as you pointed out in the podcast, don't overthink this. Just, Please don't just, overthink just it. Just pick the right person for the job. Hire somebody who is in college, by the way, is, is familiar and has a background. Job, job number one, a background knowledge of how important Big Ten football is. To the Big Ten Conference. Thank you. That that would be one. And by the way, I want to point out my exact words. I want to go back and find it. When Kevin Warren was hired was, I think they overthought this. I believe I remember you saying it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what so, I said. And they yeah. did overthink it. Now yeah. we all see that they overthought it. Just hire a college administrator with a good track record who can well, get in front of a microphone and, and speak actually and, and say real things. What you, <laughs> say real things. I will say... Well, let me think that what I was going to say is you do want somebody that has a business and profit first knowledge. Sure. But yes. I think you can find somebody. So so it I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be somebody that's like an ex-athletic director. You he, it doesn't have to Not be necessarily, that person. Okay. But, but they have to have, they have to know the college world. Th- there you go. Like I I had heard Gene Smith was a candidate. Yeah. I, I would be open to Gene Smith. I would be Smith. fine with Gene, Gene Smith. That'd be I don't great. think Ohio State fans want to lose Gene Smith right. as an athletic director and maybe Gene Smith. He's not He's not a young man. He's well, like that's a, the other thing. Yeah. I think you got to find the sweet spot on the age. I think you do. And by the way, I should have done that. I forgot to do this the last time we talked about Commissioner 2, but I think there's only been seven commissioners of the Big Ten, something like that. Okay. They, not... they have huge... Uh, Spans uh, of yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. And, and the ones... Basically, I think one guy died. That's why he stopped being commissioner. And then two guys retired. Oh, and actually three, because Delaney retired. There's been like three retirements where they yeah. retired as the commissioner. Right. Like, you don't usually take this job and leave it. No. Now so let's find a guy that's going to be here for 20 years. That's a good years. point, which, get, which obviously plays into the age thing, which yeah. you're talking about. So that's a great point, and I, I very much uh, uh, support that. So we'll see what happens. Um, anyways, uh, with the commissioner thing, anyways... You know, maybe because of that, the the uh, announcement of how the scheduling is going to go, in, you know, and what they're going to lay out for us, because we're this is we know this is the last year of the East and West and how the divisions are set up like this. By the way, very much, very much looking forward to the end of the East and West. If 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 two years ago yeah. Jeffrey the Greek would have heard current Jeffrey the Greek say this, he would have thought what what happened to that guy. But I'm. I'm so worn down by West, you know, I am shit too. talking, I know, I am shit too. posting that I'm just, I'm, I'm ready for it because I will say again, projecting forward, my guess is the records of these teams is going to look very similar yeah. to what they've looked like the projecting back the last 20 years. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, that much I'll just leave to the side. There was, there has been conversations 
and I want to preempt this by saying I have not listened to either the Cover 2 or the Cover 3 podcast, but they both recently or somewhat recently spoke on future scheduling for the Big Ten Conference. So I want to get that out because some of the thoughts that we will share right now, I want people to understand are organically coming from our brains, but then I am going to go back and listen to the podcast probably very soon after what we're talking about. So like long story short, no, actually that's not true. I don't know if I can be long story short. It's like, we'll, we'll tell the appropriate length. Sorry. Um, what you want to do is to hold as many, if not all of the rivalries that make college football, let alone the big 10, you want to hold those intact at the same time, variety is the spice of life. You want as many Big Ten teams playing each other in a short period of yes. time as possible. Yes, you don't want to go six shares without playing a team. And that's the 6-3 model, essentially. 6-3-3 is, three, three yeah. is what they call it. So, uh, and Scott Docterman, by the way, you know, I know not everybody is a subscriber to The Athletic, but I feel like Scott Docterman has done as good a job, if not better, than anybody breaking down, like, what are the you know, probably how this is going to mm-hmm. go. Um, he had an awesome article. I should have forwarded it to you. I'll, I'll try to get it to you. But it was a it was basically a poll that he took of all Big Ten fans on the website, and then he wrote an article about it. And it was essentially, okay. who are the top uh, four teams that you want to see your team play? Okay. One of so the, he did it for each team? Each team in the Big Ten, oh, all the way down to UCLA okay. and USC. And it was a poll of the fans on who you want them to, to I would play. like to read that. Okay, I'll get it to you, or you just get a subscription. But, you know, anyways, um, what one thing that I, I mean, found, for, for, I, it's I articles would, like that that are amazing. Right, and I think, I, I'm not a big fan of The Athletic overall, but I am a fan of Scott Docter. Scott's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what the, the, some of the interesting, I mean, obviously... When you pull a Michigan fan, obviously Ohio State is number one. Yep. And then Michigan State was number two. Sure. So there's predictability with those. What what there was two interesting parts, and they both involve our teams. Okay. Number one, Iowa had by far the most even breakdown for three teams. I believe that, yeah, sure. I mean, it was almost completely even. Yeah. Uh Minnesota. Wisconsin and Nebraska. Yep, and I and I think that was the order that that they were in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Okay, yep. I, and I think, but it, Min- but it, we're we're talking teeny tiny, like sure. barely fit a piece of paper for the percentages between the. Three and I think games. Minnesota should be number one. In I one. think Minnesota should yeah. be number one. That that would literally be exactly how yeah. I would vote it. Um, then the other uh, and and Iowa was the only team that had three teams that are, you know that close to each Got other. It. Minnesota had Wisconsin number one with a bullet. Uh, uh, Iowa number two, and then a big drop off to Nebraska. Okay. You know, yeah. um, the other interesting part to me was how many times Illinois uh-huh. wound up in like the third or fourth spot. No kidding. Huh. But only number one with Northwestern. Yeah, interesting. They were all over the place. Michigan had them listed, Minnesota had them up there. Huh. Uh, uh, Purdue had them up there. They were, they were painting the board. Interesting. Now, yeah. so. That's for other teams voting for uh, or Illinois. What about Illinois fans? What did they vote for? They had Northwestern they did. Okay. number one. Because there's a weird dichotomy there with there Illinois There is fans. a weird dichotomy yeah. there. Uh, and I almost for sure uh, Iowa was number two. Like Illinois yeah, was okay. number four with that's, Iowa That's fans. fair. You know, it was a gigantic okay. drop off sure. from Nebraska down to Illinois. I okay. found that 
very interesting. Um, And then it was, you know, like USC. So obviously their number one rival they want to play is UCLA. Just give it a shot. Who do you think would be two and three for who USC fans? Ohio State's got to be two. Yep. Three. Boy, for Ohio. It was Nebraska. Nebraska, really? Because Nebraska's, I guess, the farthest west team. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah. And then Penn State was high up there, too, I believe. You know, Um UCLA I would probably it, want, and and the I guess the conversation that I'm trying to get going here is when you talk about rivalries, it's crazy. You look at Iowa and uh, Iowa and Penn State, for example. Iowa has actually four <laughs> set rivals when you count Iowa State. Yeah, that's true. That's a that's a lot. That is a lot. Who's Penn State's rival? Well, that's, that's always been the question, that, right? But. They but that's to... that's two football programs that are you know proud football programs. I think you could say have had a lot of success the past twenty five years. Penn State's been in the I Big mean, Ten for how long? I think you'd probably if you okay. I'm sure they did this. Was Penn State their fans wanted Ohio State right? Ohio State was up there because I was surprised. Their biggest rival is Pitt. For absolutely, yeah. and they're out of conference. This right. was this was. Well, just I, I realize just conference, conference but yeah. That's there you go. That's the that Mar- Maryland was high. Maryland was yeah. Up okay, there. yeah. So, anyways, um, I guess when people say just set the schedule and do it, I don't think it's that simple because all of these things that we're talking about, sure. I think they're still trying to, you know, get this on paper and really figure it out. I wonder if they if they literally. <laughs> Reference Scott Dockerman's article when doing their decision. Why not? Why wouldn't he? He did the research. Right. He did the research. Yeah. I don't know. That's something I thought about. Then what you have to do then is sit there and go, what are the Big Ten rivalries that you would rank that we can't see go? It is it is woven in to the fabric of the Big Ten conference. So we will start. You 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 can go with number one. It's pretty obvious. Obviously, number one is Ohio State, Michigan. Obviously. Number two. I, I think I have without it's, a doubt. It's I know I know where I'm going. Wisconsin, Minnesota. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Pause right there. I I'd like to, again say I haven't listened, but it seems like there has been quite a big deal, or, or, or quite they have poo pooed this rivalry a lot. Mean, meaning cover two and cover three. I, I'm not being fair yet because I haven't actually heard it from their own mouths through microphone. Well, but I, if you are not if you are not putting Minnesota and Wisconsin. One of the most iconic trophies in college football. And also and the, the, most, the longest running yes. rivalry game. If you don't have this in the top three, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, well, and it's just the people that, you know, look at, oh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, flyover states. Who cares? This isn't important. It has no it has no bearing on the national landscape. Th- that's You people but, suck. Yeah, you suck. Don't you, you, you don't you understand suck. anything about... About Big Ten football, then. And those people should not have anything to do with this decision-making process because they're buffoons. Correct. Thank you for saying that. So moving on, now this is where it starts getting tougher. It does. I think Michigan... Well, well, it does not because I think you're skipping one already. Oh, so by the way, I just did this off the top of my head. What am I skipping? Okay, you got to project ahead. On who's in the conference? To try to... Are you thinking like Ohio State and, and USC? I'm talking USC, UCLA. Oh, okay. Good point. Now I'm being the idiot. 
you're, you're, you took a, a quick soiree into being a geographical idiot. I did. Right there. Yeah, I did. did you, okay. you weren't thinking. Okay, that's you're, that is number three. I think. I mean, those are to me probably the the top three right there. The I think only so. thing I would listen to is maybe jockeying Minnesota, Wisconsin underneath U, USC, UCLA. I could see that too. But I, but I those mean, are those are your top three. Yes, okay. definitely. Then a little bit of a tear down, but this is still an extremely important Big Ten rivalry, Indiana Purdue. Thank you. I'm glad you mentioned that. You have for it. Absolutely. Like I, people it, don't understand they, how much they, do, how they, they hate, hate each other. <laughs> it is it is a unique form of hate that even I think me and you educated ourselves on once we started doing the podcast. No, I knew it. I, I did not. Well, you I, had more time in Indiana than me. Yeah, well, that's a good transition that mm-hmm. we could probably mention something here. But I grew up in Indiana, and I remember, I can distinctly remember this. It, it was like propaganda. There was like, a, in, in my friend group or whatever, there was an Indiana faction, and they were brainwashing me to try to convince me how awful a Purdue fan okay. is and what terrible people were they were and what a horrible institution it was and what a horrible program they had in basketball. They were yes, trying to talk. Yes. And like, I was just young and impressionable. I'm like, wow, wow. I I'm glad we had this conversation. I had no idea. And uh, let's, let's hold the conversation okay. until the end. But um, yes. And here's the thing. I, I would, meeting Indiana people, just the humans. I think they're mostly like good peeps. Yes. Like, I mean, salt of the earth. I, I, okay. Yeah. All right. Until you get them talking about college basketball, and they they both split into their their personality that's deep in, and they, I, uh, when the wife and I were down in um, uh, Florida, I think this was just the trip that when me and just her went down three years ago, and we we're in like a resort thing. Yeah, it was, and we were sitting at a bar, and it was like a you know sixty year old retiree guy. You could just tell he was made of money, and. It, it was during, you know, the basketball season. We went down during spring break, and I, it might have actually been Indiana-Purdue that was on TV. Okay. And he, I had just had an awesome conversation just about life with the guy, and then he switched into basketball mode, and he started talking about Indiana fans. He's a Purdue fan. Okay. Like, I was like, oh, it's, oh, my gosh. It's nasty. It was crazy. And, so that and then it bleeds into football. It bleeds into football. Yeah. See, we just went on – a three-minute conversation just on Indiana-Purdue rivalry. That's why it, it can't go. It can't. No, okay. And again, national people are just going to poo-poo it because it's Indiana-Purdue. Don't historically right. impact the national scene. Next one down, I would, th- I think, is in the same tier, for me, is Iowa-Minnesota. Yeah, I, I would put it. I agree. It's a long-standing rivalry. It's a border rivalry. And the Floyd of Roysdale is the greatest traveling trophy that's ever been devised. No doubt. Nobody's going to argue that. The only thing bad you can really say about that rivalry is it's not Minnesota's biggest rival. It's not. It's not. Yeah. That That is. That's that the is only... the worst thing you can yep. say. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a unique thing because... You know, I and there is some debate. There's there's debate among Iowa fans. Sure, that would that uh, yeah. would say the same stuff. Okay, same. So we've had top three tiers. I think this is the the other one in the second tier. Okay, go ahead. Michigan, Michigan, State. absolutely. Yeah. And now here is what's interesting. There are Michigan and Michigan State fans that are up for this rivalry taking a little bit of a snooze. Really, it has gotten because it's gotten too nasty. nasty. The, I mean, that's the, what the makes tunnel, it great. The, the tunnel fiasco. That's what makes it great. I know. Like, why? That's when you lean into <laughs> that's it. That's right. So, 
I mean, there is room enough for teams to have at least two rivals, if not three. So in my mind, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State are going Gotta nowhere. be. Okay. Gotta be. Next tier down, okay. This is basically the Iowa tier. I've got Iowa, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, the yep. next two rivalries. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. I mean, it's weird that you would put Iowa, Wisconsin down in, but because do you agree that so the I'll, here's what I'll say about Iowa Wisconsin great current rivalry but that there's some recency bias there it hasn't historically been a huge rivalry if you go back I mean I know this is going back a ways it really but, didn't start but pre Barry right yeah Barry Barry turned this into and then the correct. crazy thing about it is it goes and runs decade runs where Iowa was sure. better than Wisconsin was better than you know it's it's kind of been crazy like that yep but long story short. It's not necessarily the most heated rivalry, but it's one that, like, Iowa-Wisconsin in November is just, dude, that's Big Ten football yeah, right there. And Nebraska, obviously, they played a lot before Nebraska came to the Big Ten, but it no, wasn't a... Not a ton. Okay, so then that's then there you go. That's the, the critique of that rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't have as much history. But, boy, I mean, if, if I'm watching an Iowa fan fight a rival fan base on Twitter 50% of the time it's yeah, Nebraska. I know. And then you mix in Iowa state, Minnesota, right. you know, a couple of random ones here and there. So like, you know, Nebraska fans felt that this rivalry was thrust upon them when they joined the big 10. Okay. Um, and my question I would always ask is if Iowa wasn't going to play you on black Friday, who was it going to be? Right. right. Who was it going to be? So, so at least, but, the, I, but they've embraced it. I think at this point, I can't speak for Nebraska fans. So I, have to I feel like they have, even if they don't admit it sometimes. Okay. I think you're right with that, but <clears throat> I'm too close to the situation. So it's hard for me to yeah. say long story short, that's three right there for Iowa. And I do hope those three rivalries are there. The, the one that I think would get jettisoned if for some reason they only got two is Iowa, Wisconsin. Yeah, I think so too. I think at that's, this point, and, yeah. I, and I'm kind of leaning on, uh, uh, Scott Docterman right there. And then the next one down, I have... I have Illinois Northwestern. Right, so we got almost the exact same yeah. list right here. So, and the, But then after that, it kind of it drops off. It does. And then the the one that I have, and by the way, this is, if you want to see my list, it, it's a tweet that I sent out on February 11th to when Braden Gall, I think that was after they did their podcast and I, I responded to it. The, the next thing I put down is, I, I do love Ohio State, Penn State. Like, I... Yeah. I think that's become that is a great football contest typically. And again, you know, doesn't have the history, which is right. why it's not one that we consider sacred. No, I don't and, consider it sacred. I just consider it awesome. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, but like I, the game is either a whiteout or in the horseshoe. That's amazing. Yep. Now here's the deal, though. If I'm an Ohio State fan, this is what I'm guessing, right? You're like, oh, so let me get this straight. As a U.S. as a Ohio State fan, we're supposed to play. Michigan, Penn State, and USC every year. I know. You, that's not fair to Ohio State. That's not. Just because no. they're the best, they get. Right. So I don't think it can work like I that. I don't think so either. But I bet you that the answer to that riddle right there is one of the biggest things, they, whoever they is, who they are trying, what they're trying to get figured out right now at the Big Ten Conference. Because here's one thing you could do. You could throw Illinois in with Ohio State because it is a trophy game. And by the way, Illinois was ranked pretty high in Ohio State. Was the, it really? Yes, I think they were like fourth. Interesting. Yeah. Because what do you think about Ohio State after after Michigan? Who who, who does Ohio State even list? Right. Interesting. Right? And 
And there were some yeah, stretches there, where Illinois. There was. I yeah. mean, look up. The, I guarantee you, there's a lot of Ohio State fans that just say, "GD, those SOBs, Illinois, yeah. they, they screwed. They screwed How them the a couple F times. Do we not? Can yeah. they get our number? Because there's been a number of there times. There was. There was. And then over time, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. Where, where even as an Ohio State fan, maybe you look back like, "Oh, those Illinois games were fun sometimes yeah. and stuff like that." Um. Because how they're going to have to parse this out is trying to balance the line of a couple different things. Obviously, the rivalries, which we've beaten over you know the head with. But TV, they want the big matchups. Yeah. Ohio State, USC is going to be big, big numbers. Yeah. But not so far down the TV path that it's going to be unfair for the biggest blue bloods in the conference for playing too many tough teams. Because now you hurt your own conference's chances right. to getting to the college football playoff. They're definitely thinking about that. All of that is in. Yeah. And if anybody is wondering why it hasn't happened yet, I, I, I guarantee you that's why is all that stuff right yep, there. Yeah, fair. And, then, and they're not going to write this in stone until I think there is a commissioner in place. Maybe, he, you, he, he's he's got to be able to have his stamp of approval, right? So you think that's how the timeline will go? It'll be new commissioner is hired. Give him a couple weeks so he can plausibly say he was a part of Correct. the yes, exactly. <laughs> decision-making process, and then they announce the schedule. That's right. I there is I'm not I'm just curious. It, it, today we are recording this. It is February 26th. When do you think the commissioner will be hired, and when do you think the uh, the conferences the scheduling will be released? Yeah, I, I wish I had the exact uh, you know Kevin Warren situation right now, but yeah. I I would say I'm gonna say it won't happen in March. I'm gonna say April for the commissioner. Okay. And, and then, then sometime in then May, May the is when the schedule will come okay. out. I'm going to push it a little bit further back, but pretty close to it. Okay. But at some point, it seemed like the scheduling announcement was imminent. So it, there's still a chance that it could be a scheduling announcement, and then we Maybe. get the Maybe it is. We'll see. All right, before we break into the teams, the Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel agent technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip neat or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. All right, moving on to the Big Ten West grades. Um, I think these were a little bit tougher to do, these, the grades. These were all tough, okay. I think. And some of these I, I almost thought about writing down a note that said, for this one, let Kurt go first. Okay. Because <laughs> see how far off I might be. Yeah. Because I feel like I think we might have a little bit further off on this one than we did before. I don't know. Because with so many of these grades, it is your perspective on it. Like what you actually yeah. expected, or what is yeah. re- what was reasonable to expect of this team going in, and, and I also want to set an over under on number of specialists that I pick as team MVP. We'll set it at one point five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hey, you pick what you want. That is, that is perfect. Damn it, fine. I will. All right, first up in first place was the Purdue Boilermakers at an 8 and 6 record though, 6 and 3 in the conference. Um yeah, starting with the comments. Obviously, if you would have told Purdue fans, just the only thing you told them is you, you're you're going to go to Indy this year, they would have emphatically took that. 
Which it and was I a think great year. They would have emphatically gave their team an A too. Okay. Yet, as Yet, is the theme, right? There was frustration in parts with this season, for sure. But here's one thing that I want to give them a heck of a lot of credit for: they come out of the gate, lose a heartbreaker to Penn State, right? Yes. At home, beat a you know just a crappy Indiana State team, but then they lose on the road to Syracuse. Yes. This did not was not looking good. I, I thank you. Like, and I've got that written down in my notes where. We under we under they barely we, beat Florida Atlantic. I know, and there was there was a quarterback injury situation yeah, in okay. that game. But you and I were not as high on Purdue. We no. didn't besmirch them. We just thought they were a bull team. Yes, it wasn't somebody that I had put in the top tier of getting to Indianapolis. Nope. So we were wrong in that for sure. in that in that uh, uh, breakdown. With that being said, through September, we sure felt like. We we had hit Purdue on yeah. on the head pretty well, and then they they responded, man. Like you have, and that gets back to the when we talk about Jeff Brom, you know, they take on his personality where they're just tough, internally tough, and I feel like you saw that last year for sure. And then you have the trip up mid season. They lose at Wisconsin. They get destroyed miraculously by Iowa. They lose to Iowa finally. So then you're thinking, well, Illinois is in the driver's seat. What do they do? They just come out and they go on the road and beat Illinois. Crazy. And that that was the that was the season right there when they went on the road and they beat Illinois. And so, like, definitely, if we're, I hope Purdue fans don't think we're we're poo pooing or you know, like, there. I, no, I, I mean, just, no poo pooing. I'm trying to say, I wonder though, if I was a Purdue fan, you realize if you just beat, I know it's out of conference, but. My gosh, you should have beat Syracuse. You were a better yeah. football team than Syracuse <laughs> yeah. by far. Like you were so much obviously the better team. So if you just beat Syracuse and then just pick out one of these Big Ten teams, Penn State, Wisconsin, or Iowa, and I know it wasn't even close with Wisconsin and Iowa. It was it was with Penn State, which is ironic because Penn State's the best team out of those three right there. I'm just saying, if you could have gotten one of those three teams and Syracuse, you finished the year ten and yeah. four. It's just much more of a historic year. Well, and also, even just Syracuse at nine and five would feel better, right? And and I I get that there was a lot of players out for the bowl game, but yes. the, the shellacking that they took at the end it's of just the not year, a good feeling. No, at the end. so that's yeah. why it's this one was so hard to do. But I I just came down to they won the West, so I got to give them an A. Okay, I I went a minus. Yeah, I because can see of that. all of the things that we talked about and how close they were to to it just being an absolutely amazing. Everybody remembers yeah. that Purdue year, right? MVP. I don't think it's much of a contest. No, I have Charlie Jones. Oh, you have Charlie Jones. Uh, okay, I, I went with AOC. You, you have the AOC. Yeah, I I okay. mean threw for thirty five hundred yards. It. To be honest, though, like his stat line, twenty-two to thirteen on it's touchdown, not it's not great. Okay, that's why that's why I went with Charlie Jones because his stat line as a receiver, yeah. Charlie Jones first team All Big Ten, AOC was was not. You no, know, so like, Charlie Jones had one hundred and ten receptions, thirteen hundred sixty-one yards, and twelve touchdowns. Pretty amazing. I, I want to give honorable mention to the offensive line. AOC yeah. only got sacked twenty-two times on the year, and they they. And I got to give a lot of credit to Devin Mockaby, but they had a running game. Finally. They did. They did. And I think that's I think that's a uh, a testament to Jeff Brom, like le- trying to lean into that a little bit more. I because I think it's a lot. It, it's play calling. I still don't think the offensive line, as far as talent wise, was that good. I don't think so either. I think he set his offensive line up as well as he can. I think to have success. Yeah. 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 I give Jeff Brom 
a lot of credit. And oh, by the way, of course, I mean, this is just kind of a, you know, knife in the back thing. So you finally have this good year, you break out and, and then your coach leaves. Stuff. I mean, it just, the bittersweet thing know, is, is common with this, but it's just, it's another bittersweet thing with the, with the year. Here's a fun stat that I found. So obviously Payne Durham had a great year. Four touchdowns, not a ton of touchdowns. Charlie Jones had 12. So 16 touchdowns right there. The The rest of the wide receivers only had two touchdowns. Yeah. That's crazy. Which, again, that's why I picked Charlie Jones as the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the second place team, the Illinois Fighting Illini, 8-5 and five overall, 5-4 and four in the Big Ten. Even Kurt's cold, dead heart found <laughs> a lot of reasons to have fun and be excited in the 2022 season. Sure, but there's a lot of Purdue feelings here with yes, missed opportunities. There is. And so it this is I know. It's the same <laughs> thing. It's like it's bittersweet. It was a bittersweet season. I mean, first can, of all, can I say can I say this? Just I'll let you go a bit. It, it it is, but from where like Purdue had been on the cusp on the cusp on the cusp. Yeah. Illinois just came out of nowhere. Yeah. So I feel like you're bittersweet. You you have more sweetness than bitter. In my mind. No, I think you have more sweetness than bitter, but it's those, you know, it's, you always want a little more. And this team left you wanting more, more than most teams do. I would say it's more comparable than, 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 I I would say it's more comparable than than you'd think. I I think this is an example of where you're looking at it. Of course. I mean, this is a little bit more as an Illinois fan than a, than a general Big Ten comment, commenter. Okay. Okay. But just want to start with the defense. I mean, that, even more than Chase Brown, the enjoyment I got from watching this defense play ended up being the number one scoring defense in the country. I mean, sure, they showed signs of that the previous year, especially in the back half of the year, but who expected that? And I expected their defense to be, I could tell that defense was better yeah. at the end of the 2021 For season. Sure. You and Pick 6 previews both did a good job of laying out how much better that defense got yeah. September, October to November. Yeah. Um, I found myself, obviously as a non-Illini fan, sticking up for Illinois in October and November with teams or with fans of teams outside of the Big Ten. And those fans are talking shit about Illinois. Oh, and sure. I just kept saying the same thing. I can tell you've never watched Illinois. Correct. And I can definitely tell you've never played <laughs> Illinois because if you did either one of those two things, you would understand this is a damn good team and it started with that defense. And it's interesting, you can talk to some pretty big Big 10 fans and they don't even know who Devin Witherspoon is. I'm I like, know. "Well, you should really I, I would sit down and just do a little YouTube session and watch that guy and watch Johnny Newton too and watch Sydney Brown. Sydney Brown. There you go. Uh, yeah. Quan Martin. I mean, these guys were incredible. Um, they're, I tell you who's going to get to know um, uh, Devin Witherspoon is any NFL fans that want a cornerback because they're, I mean, there is a very, very live and real chance that the first Big Ten player selected in this April's draft is going to be an Illini, and it's going to be Devin Witherspoon. It, it could happen. I don't see that happening, but I've it's seen possible. it projected as high as five. If he's fifth, he's got a chance. He's got a chance, for sure. Um, uh, so the defense was incredible, but on the other side of it was Chase Brown. 
And he set the tone on that team. He turned so many one-yard runs into six-yard runs. That was was incredible. His wizardry. That's to me, which is why he is my MVP on the year. Yeah, he's my MVP. He was okay. I thought you would. I thought you were Witherspoon. No, I thought either you're going to do Witherspoon or Juice. Is what I thought you were going to do. Oh, okay. No, Um, I went with Brown, and here's why. I got to see this live. The difference, the way that yes. defense is played when he was in the game versus not the game. He did all of that running for 643 yards against stacked boxes. All of it. Yes. They knew what was coming. Yes. And it, you couldn't stop him. Because they knew they had to commit to it because he would absolutely torture you. Because if he was in a a standard, you know, seven person, you know, six or seven guys in the box, he torched people. Absolutely. He was. So that was my thing was, what a great, what a great defense unbelievable effort by chase brown those were the two biggest reasons that illinois was better than what people were giving him credit for but even with that being said somebody that was better than people gave him credit for was touchdown tommy devito he played well he that played is well. he was efficient and he didn't make mistakes when when if we went down and broke down our if we broke down your breakdown of Illinois preseason yep. and what you were expecting out of Tommy DeVito, yeah. wasn't it that? I mean, that no, that's what I was hoping for. Yes. I just wanted someone to be efficient and take care of the ball. And he did that better than I could have expected. Yes. He exceeded my expectations. I thought he was borderline incredible. I, I really admired that dude. So now let's talk about the bad. First of all, losing to Indiana. Yeah. I said it on the last podcast. Indiana... Only one because they didn't know they weren't supposed it's to. A great Illinois only lost because they didn't know that they I weren't agree. supposed to. I agree. Should have beat. Should have beat. Should have beat that one. Yep. The Michigan State just got absolutely outplayed by Michigan State. Like that. That one I'm not really even upset about. That they were. That the, was more perplexing. They were the better team that day, though. Michigan State. Michigan State oh, was the no, better well, team. There's no doubt. Absolutely yeah. No doubt. And great game plan that they put I think, together. I, think I know which one you're going to. You're thinking the Michigan. Yeah. One. No, the, I count that as a win. By the way. <laughs> I think your head coach does too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then the Purdue one stings, obviously. And yeah. the bowl game stings a little bit too. Should have won the bowl game. Yeah. Yeah. I and the the thing that's the worst about and I know the bowl game technically was a two score game, but it really was a one score because it was that garbage yeah. touchdown on the end. Yep. Every loss was one score loss. Correct. So I get it. But you you would never expect to beat Michigan. So I feel like that one the Michigan loss stung because of the style and the refs. Is, is why right. it stung. But in Indiana, you just flat gave them way. But the stingy, the stingiest one is Purdue. I Okay. You think so? Yes. Okay. Because that was your chance to win the West, and you 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 had it right there, and you, okay. you couldn't get it done. Yeah. So I went with a B. Okay. Solid B. B? Yeah. Wow. I went A-. minus. No, I went with B. Dude, you, uh, I was, the only thing I was thinking about is A- or B+. Plus. Okay, let's Boy, say you're you're you're, you're grading your you're grading your squad harsh right there. I, I don't think so. Like, you, dude, you, you, you I don't your, care. Your and, season win totals was like four and a half. Yeah, but but they, we both we both said hammer the over. Yeah. So I mean, I expected like five six wins, they, and, they, and they got eight wins. They got eight. Yeah. They were, they were one okay play but, away but again, four different games to get nine wins. Indiana inexcusable. I understand that, but geez, Purdue geez. wasn't inexcusable, but Jesus. that was your chance. You blew it, and then Michigan State. I'm sorry, I can't. I think that's I can't. a little harsh. I would have been fine with B plus. Too many missed opportunities. B's, I'm going B's with a little, solid B's a little B. Harsh. B's solid a little B. harsh. Solid B. In third place, switching over to the other side of the table, my Iowa Hawkeyes. They went eight and five 
overall five and four in the Big Ten. Obviously, the the story of the Iowa Hawkeyes this year was the story the entire year, how awful the offense was in direct comparison to how amazing the defense was. Well, which is why this one's hard, because you have elite defense, you have elite special teams, and elite bad offense. It's, so how do you how that's that's alone is just tough to grade. I have a tweet dialed up that I just haven't sent for whatever reason, but I was going to ask Hawk fans take a vote. What is more perplexing, Iowa's ability to have such a great defense and horrible offense in football, or Iowa's ability to score seven hundred points in Carver and seven on the road? <laughs> and, and by the way, and then they're both opposite. Right, you're one team. Opposite. Com- can I know. play no offense and no defense. No defense. And great. Yeah. So um, okay, but let me tell a yeah. story for you. Here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's say they they lose to Iowa State. Okay, fine. Big deal. You have an insane schedule here, by the way. You go Michigan and Ohio State in a three week uh, period, but the Illinois game. That's what I want to talk about. Remember, I'm sure you do. When the, the elbow of, yeah, of Art Sitkowski, yeah, that one play. They, imagine they win. They win. They, they go to Indy. So, okay, not only that, but imagine they beat Illinois. Yeah. Sure, you lose to Michigan, you lose to Ohio State. Do you think they're going to lose to Nebraska that last week? Probably not. I mean, it, this de- it so depends cl- on it, if, it, you know, the, the Nebraska game, I know this is going to sound like an excuse, but <laughs> you can't be down to your fourth and fifth cornerbacks against that passing attack. And it not yeah. having, you know, when Cooper DeGene went out early in the sure. game, I turned to my brother sitting next to me, I'm like, oh, God. That's horrible, you know? So that obviously plays into it. But I see what you're getting at. This is, could have easily been a 10-win team. Like all, and, and, but you still get to the point where I, Iowa fans certainly have looked at that play, you know, how things went down in the Nebraska game. Because those are the two biggest games that prevented them from going back to Indy. Sure. Okay. So, so and, but they still say the same thing. There's two things. If Iowa's offense was just mediocre, yeah, you know, oh, mediocre, no, just, just like 98th, bad. bad. Yeah, 98th. Like, well, that's bad though. That's bad. That's not mediocre. That's bad. Yeah, I guess I I even say just below mediocre. Okay, you know, um, we're in Indy. Also, raise from, it from putrid to bad. That's what yes, they needed to do. That's it. That's all they need to do. Right. They probably beat Nebraska or Illinois or maybe both. Right. Okay. And Iowa State, by the way. Right. I mean, they, my gosh, you want to talk about <laughs> listing the games that should have been won by Iowa? I mean, I don't, I'm still perplexed on how we lost to Iowa State. Yep. Um, two fumbles on the goal line. Two oh. on the goal line. That's, in, that's insane. And again, that would be the difference. If you had a bad offense instead of a putrid run, you score one of those two, sure. <laughs> two times around the goal line and you win the game. Yeah. But long story short, as I was trying to say, is if Iowa just had a a little bit better offense. Number one, you're probably an Indian. Number two, it's not the story. Then people would be talking about Iowa's defense. But Iowa's defense got overshadowed by the offense being so bad. Does that yeah. make sense? No, for and, sure. And because of that, it 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 hurt the enjoyment of the season itself. Of course. By the way, the one thing I, I that plays into my grade is that when we talked earlier on the podcast about the rivals, okay? Iowa State, Minnesota, mm. Wisconsin, Nebraska, all rivals. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You have to get up for every one of those games. You know who was another one they had to feel like they had to get up for this year? Purdue. Uh, Purdue, Illinois. 
And then they had to get up again for Illinois. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you also played Ohio State and Michigan. Oh, man. I'm just saying, you don't you have to take that into consideration? You do. When you look at the total grade? For sure. Because that is a that's a tough schedule. Insane schedule. Even when you play a what should be a mediocre or bad team, it's a rivalry. So you have Correct. to get up for yeah. it. A couple other things to talk about. Um, uh, I mean, the defense, some of the dudes on the defense were just insane. So I'll just get right to my MVP. Okay. Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. It's not even up for debate. I don't, well, I mean, you can talk about Cooper DeGene, for instance. He had an amazing season, but to me, he was, he the defense was, was, was runner on Jack Campbell. Absolutely. He was the guy. The D-line rotation was good. There's yeah. a different guy that, you know, Jumped off the page week to week. It was great to see. Iowa fans are completely stoked for the future of Cooper DeGene. Kayvon Merriweather was incredible. Mm -hmm. Second team All-American. Riley Moss was great. The secondary was awesome, but my gosh, Jack Campbell in the middle. I mean, 125 tackles. Just an absolute tackle machine. He had one sack, two interceptions, forced fumble, fumble recovery. Scored at least once or twice, didn't he? he Well, should have scored. He scored one. He had a safety. Okay. okay. He's one of my favorite plays in the history of when he drug the South Dakota State running back into the end zone and then just drug him two or three more yards, even though it was done. Oh, God, I loved it. Uh, but yeah, he is by, by the way, far. Cooper DeGene had 75 tackles on the year. Dude, he is insane. Usually when you see a defensive back with that many tackles, it means you had a bad defense. Yeah. Unbelievable. Five interceptions, three touchdowns on the year. Incredible. Oof. But one shout out, though, to tight end Sam Laporta. Tight end of the year on that offense, how good do you have to be <laughs> to actually have a good year when you were on that offense? That's, right? That is a good point. Like, he deserves a mention for MVP, even though I have to give it to he, Jack Campbell. He, he did lead the team in receiving. Which, <laughs> yeah, well, by far. It yeah, wasn't even close. Yards, right. touchdowns, everything. Yeah. Well, he only had one touchdown, didn't he? Well, that, was that enough? <laughs> that was enough to lead, maybe. I don't, I don't know, know if you got to. Yeah, I, th- I think it was two. Was it two more? Four. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, but um, yeah, you go first. I'm okay. curious for team grade. Yeah, so team grade, um, I'm going with a B minus, okay. and it's only because you have high expectations. Like eight wins is a down year five, so you can't yeah. give. I can't give them any more than that. Yes, I would be I'd be minus as well. Okay. I thought maybe you you'd go C plus, get in the C range. No, um, I I couldn't do that either. Because I think I think Iowa fans would probably be the ones that would uh grade Iowa the harshest because they were so frustrated with the offense. Yeah. would be my guess. But in the end, you got to 8 wins, another bowl, another bowl win against just what was a brutal schedule, man. Yeah. And you were still you went into the last weekend of the year with a chance to go to Indy. And I still say that one little call in the Illinois game could have changed this whole season. By the way, this is my uh, pick to win the West. I mean, and and, and mm-hmm. I know this is, you know, ifs and buts for candy and nuts things, but if Iowa just scores one of the goal line touchdowns against Iowa State, yeah. and Iowa gets that pick, that 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 fumble six, yeah. they are 10 and 10 and 3. Yeah. And go to the West for this, uh, going to Indy for the second time. That's how close they were. I know. So crazy. I know. <laughs> Next up, the fourth place team, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, <laughs> also eight and five, also five and four in the Big Ten. Um, perplexing. <laughs> here we go again. But 
So the Minnesota had, fans should be encouraged, but they're you know there's there's frustration there too. Oh, for sure. Um, so excellent defense by committee because there was no really big stars on the defense. I mean, maybe maybe you could say Tyler Newbin, but nobody. There's no Jack Campbell there. Yeah, there was no Devin Witherspoon there. No, you're you're it's right. It's just a bunch of good players doing their job. So I I don't have him as MVP. I have him as a special shout out for team MVP is Joe Rossi. Yeah, I mean, he puts together a great def- defense. Now, here's what's not good. Uh, PJ, what is going on with the wide receiver? It's crazy. I, I, yeah. I used to have so much faith in him. I remember just saying, oh, they'll be fine. Don't worry. Yeah. PJ's not going to trot out a bad wide receiver group. They were putrid. It was this bad. Year. It was bad. And they made. And can I say this? I don't, I don't think the wide receivers were horrible, but the passing game was horrible. The pass game Does was horrible. Does that make horrible. sense? Yeah. And I. I should I should have wrote it down. I did not, but just if you go down the stats, it wasn't pretty. Okay, now this is from a listener. Ali Babwa pointed this out to me about how bad, and I know we don't like to mention specific names, but Michael Brown Stevens, at one point, there was a stretch. Drops. Not, not just drops. He had drops, too. He had the one that went off his chest in the end zone. But at one stretch, he had 10 targets. Five of them were interceptions. What? You yes. can't put that all on MBS right there. Okay, but can't you put some of it on him? Where he's maybe running the wrong route and stuff like that. Wow. Play, play a little defense, buddy. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Boy, that's a crazy stat. Crazy. I didn't think that's where you were going with that. Yeah, I mean, obviously when Crab went down, it definitely had an effect. Yeah. But it it it, it it's it's two things. It's number one, it didn't look good before Crab went down. And then it's also we're still comparing Minnesota's passing attack to 2019 to this day, right? Right. Like where we were so impressed yeah. by, by and, agent zero and, and, and we had Kirk back. Captain Kirk was there. And that was the thing you, you, you were like, okay, we're getting the band back together. Yeah. We, we've got the ninth year senior quarterback. You still, we've had, got Mo. Kirk, you still yeah. had Mo back there taking the heat off of them. And, and I feel like I would love to, you know, pull, three or four, you know, Ryan Burns and three or four Minnesota people to see what they would say. And then I would love to talk to Peach, <laughs> you know, or Kirk Sharaka sure. and be like, yeah. what? Yeah, what happened, happened there? What happened? Because you can't tell me that Kirk Sharaka and PJ, they don't want to throw the ball. Peach was a wide receiver. Right. What is going on? Speaking of not throwing the ball, Tanner Morgan. It was weird. Had, had less yards than Mo Ibrahim. 1,382 passing yards and only nine touchdowns. And and part of that was injuries. And the other part of sure. it was, I think they were just like, we we don't need to throw the ball. Because in so many of their wins, yeah. you remember when they were playing the bad part of their schedule, they weren't just beating people. They were destroying yeah, that's right. teams. That's right. So there was no need to put Tanner Morgan's health at risk sure. or the game at risk by throwing. So I know that played into the stats. And they beat Wisconsin, still can't beat Iowa. Illinois game was, I know, if you just look at the score, it doesn't look that bad. It was inexcusable the way they got their asses beat by Illinois. Didn't hardly show up No, in that game. Didn't look good versus Purdue. No. Nope. And, and that was at home. Yep. So, like, I still think there's a ton of Minnesota fans that saw how bad things were under previous regimes. And they're like, we know what bad looks like. This is not bad. This is a good football team. No, it is. This is a solid football team. When you can play defense that well and run the ball that well, 
you are a good football team. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. I don't care what division you're in. The special teams could be better still, but I don't yeah. think it's horrible as it's been. By no the way. It's gotten a lot better. Gotten a lot better. And then just inexplicably the, the passing attack. So this is my uh, uh, second version of this grade in a row. I have a B minus. I have a B minus. Yeah. Okay. I could have gone C plus because this was kind of your chance, you know. Yes. Uh, yes. That that was the one time where I was like, yeah, I thought about giving them a C plus because I'm like, you, you blew it. This is your chance. You kind of blew it. Yeah. But team MVP, Mo Ibrahim. And I and like I said, I wanted to give it to Joe Rossi. Like he's a special mention, but. Three hundred twenty attempts, six hundred sixty-five yards, five point two average, twenty touchdowns. To me, the wait, best. Wait, how many? He had way more yards than that. Sixteen sixty-five. Oh, sixteen sixty-five. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. The the best go for running back ever. I think I, the best go for he he's in the conversation. I mean, he is him and Bronco Nagurski. They he, they are they're both definitely on the Mount Rushmore of Minnesota football. Yeah, we just saw. The I'll say this: the greatest gopher of my lifetime has been Mo. Yes, I would say there's some good ones. Don't get me wrong; I would there's agree. Some great one, Esslinger, amazing. In fact, their 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 center this year, um, sure, John Michael Smiths. Yep, good point. Amazing gopher, yep. but no, Mo, it's Mo. Mo is amazing. All right, the fifth place team, the Wisconsin Badgers, at seven and six overall, four and five in the Big Ten. So this is the remember in the East when it just went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine with the wins. Oh yeah, bing, yeah. Bing, boom, boom, sure. down six and three, five and four, five and four, five and four, four and five. <laughs> in any one of these teams, Wisconsin <sighs> beat Purdue, right? Yeah, they the, did. The, the fifth place team we're going to talk about right now. Beat Purdue. Yep. Minnesota beat Wisconsin. Iowa beat both Minnesota and Wisconsin and Purdue, but couldn't beat Illinois. So Iowa went. Iowa beat Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Purdue. Be, went th- went three and one versus those teams with Illinois. Wow. <laughs> it was but, nuts. I mean, so this is it's insane. I mean, and doesn't that mean it's right. fun football? Isn't this what people like? They <laughs> don't that- like it when one or two teams just runs away with the division. Yeah. Couldn't you? I mean, it's what I think adds intrigue to the Big Ten basketball season. Absolutely. And everybody talks about how every night you don't know. Oh. Pretty much what we what we got the Big Speak, Ten. Uh, speaking of not knowing, <laughs> oh, Illinois is down by one to Ohio State now. That, Came all boy, the way by. We, we are a second half team. <laughs> I guess so. All right, Wisconsin Badgers, go ahead. Definitely <laughs> the oddest Wisconsin year ever. I mean, yeah. It. So you, you kick Illinois State's ass, then you... Strangely lose to Washington State, who at the time I think was playing pretty good football. You beat New Mexico State like a drum. Then you get rolled by Ohio State. You get absolutely rolled by Illinois. And by the way, that's that's your season right there. Then you fire Paul Chris, which ushers in the savior, Luke Fickle. It I, Well, but even before that, it was our guy Leon Hard. Yeah. I mean there was essentially three different Wisconsin teams starting from August till the end of the year. There was the Paul Chris led team, yep. the Jim Leonard era, and and then in into Fickle. Like yep. it, that that all just happened in the last six months. It's crazy. Um, but then you you beat Northwestern, but then you lose on the road to a bad Michigan State team. Didn't see that one coming. But by the way, this is a bad year, and they still have a winning record, dude. It's like. It'll be interesting where we're at for the grade because that's the thing is right. 
expectations played into how sure. we felt the season was and how their their end record was because they they were they were almost you know uh, across the board by the quote unquote experts picked to win the West. Yep. Neither me and you picked them. Nope. To win the West. Shout out to Ryan Burns. He did not either. Okay. You know we were having conversations like. What are people seeing with this Wisconsin team on yep. why they are hand- so like? I felt if you paid enough attention that you could see that Wisconsin wasn't as good going into the year as people made them out to be. Yeah. Yet I expected it better than what they. I, I still expected it better than even what I predicted them to be. Right. So then, I, I did mean, expect them to lose to Washington State, for example. Okay, so I, let's say they beat Washington State and they're eight and five. Yeah. Would that how much would that change your grade? That's a good question. Not much. Yeah. Not much. I know. Yeah. Probably not much. Because it didn't so the defense takes a step back. Obviously you still have pretty good But it's still a great defense. Still great defense. Good running game. Not a great running game, and a putrid passing game. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds familiar, by the way. Um but yeah, Paul Chris going surprised the heck out of everybody. Um I did feel like Leon Hard did a good job of holding things together. Yeah. People forget now. I mean, it's almost fa- crazy how fast that's gone. We, we thought all during the month of November, each day was going to be the day we were going to hear yeah. that Jim Leonard was going to be named head coach. Yeah. But they still won games while dealing with that? They did. Yeah. But you lo- you lose to Michigan yep. State. You lose to Iowa. You lose to Minnesota. Yeah. those are They lost pretty convincingly to Iowa and Minnesota. Yes. Pretty convincingly. Right. To Iowa and Minnesota. And, and and do you think, is what you're alluding to, do you think that played into Jim Leonard not getting the, the gig? I think what played into it is they, they said, holy bleep, we're, we can get fickle? I, I think so, too. I don't, if Leon Hart had run the table, I don't think they'd have hired him. Interesting. No. Yeah, I think you If you can get right. fickle? Yeah. And I think that would have been the right thing to do is... And just think about hiring. the emotions that Wisconsin fans have gone on because they were adamant that they wanted Jimmy Leonard. Right. And now they're like, oh, man, we're so happy with Fickle. <laughs> of I mean, course. It's, it's funny how fast those things can change. Shout out to Braylon Allen. He seemed off this year. A little bit. A little bit of a sophomore slump. and he, But he was dinged up, too. Yep. Still 24, 1,242 yards and 11 touchdowns. I know it. I mean, I wish my I wish my bad year would look like that. So I, I know. It's a good year. For it's a pretty back. good, like yeah. most programs would take a 1200 yard rusher. Oh, absolutely. We get, 12, yes. Yeah. They're like, oh, we only got 1200 yards out of a running back this year. <laughs> the hell's going on here? So shout out. So babe. he's the MVP, right? No, not my MVP. Okay. What, who's your MVP? I went with Nick Herbig. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I still feel like it was a defensive led team. Yeah. And I still feel like he flashed and did as much flash plays as anybody. Yeah, he was good. Okay. All right. I gave him a C. I went C plus. Okay, I, I I I considered C, and I have to, I had to go lower than B because it, it is a bad year. It is a it is a bad year, but in the end, I'm just like, but they they got eight wins and in, into a bowl and won a bowl game. I, I, seven I, and six. I, sorry, yeah, seven and six, and so I very very comfortable with a C, but yeah. I, I just I don't know. I went with C plus because they still indeed they still. I don't know. It's a, it's a winning record. I, know. I don't know. I know. It, it was a tough schedule, too. Sixth place team, the Nebraska Cornhuskers at four and eight overall, three and six in the Big Ten. You want to talk about another weird and crazy year? It, it, it was weaved into the this year in Lincoln. Wild and wacky stuff. So what I ended up doing here is looking at their wins. They got four wins. Who did they beat? They beat North Dakota. They beat Indiana. 
They beat Rutgers, and then they finished the season by beating Iowa. Yeah. Those are three pretty bad wins. Until that Iowa win, there was nothing good to point at. Here. No. Yeah. So I'm, you know. Not nothing, but not much. I'm looking at four and eight, but then I look at, I look deeper and. This lost was to a, Georgia Southern at home. Oh, God, that was just awful. And then they didn't show up versus Oklahoma, which, by the way, I, everyone thought that they were going to go out and be competitive or win that game. I said, no, absolutely not. They're going to yeah. have their... I didn't think it would look like how it no, did. No, I did. I did. Okay, I didn't think it would look like that. Um, but we have to go all the way back to the beginning. And even before the game kicked off in Dublin, we're already hearing weird stuff about Scott Frost. <laughs> Right? I mean, we got to, I mean, I know it's crazy, but like we could potentially break down this whole season and potentially not hardly bring up Scott Frost. I mean, you could. That's how you have to bring up Scott Frost because look, now that we can look back at it, this was one of the worst coaches ever in the Big Ten. So thank you for going there first because again, I feel like I get attacked if I start it, but like nobody in their right friggin' mind, if you went back to 2000, 18, end of 2017, the year when he got hired, right? Yeah. Or maybe was that the very beginning of 2018? Nobody in their right mind would have ever predicted that Scott Frost's time at Nebraska would look anything how it wound up looking. No. I mean, it was buffoonery. You got to put him in the same uh, breath as Tim Brewster, as Tim Beckman. Yes. Absolutely. He is in the Big Ten Mount Rushmore of shame. Of buffoonery. For coaching. coaching. Absolutely. And am I going to say it's all his fault? No. But when you are the head coach of that program, most of the blame needs to go on you. I am just, I'm just mind blown to this day. Like if you would have asked Nebraska fans, you know, at the beginning, you know, before he coached his first game and it was the most realistic Nebraska fan, you would have probably heard something like, I think we will struggle to make a bowl this year. I think in year two, we will make a bowl and be good. By year three, we're going to be humming. Yeah. And that would have been a, a normal take. I mean, I, that's probably what I would have, if you had pulled me. That's what I thought yeah. it was going to look like. If you then turned around at that same time and asked the biggest Nebraska <clears throat> hater, probably an Iowa fan, what they thought it would look like, I, I don't think they would have predicted this. No way. Nobody I think have. even that Iowa fan would have been like, oh, they're going to probably be pretty good by okay. year three or four. I, I I just, I'm shocked. I'm dropping the gloves. The, he makes Lovey Smith look like a decent coach. I, absolutely, he does. Okay, we'll move off of it now. Obviously, they're on to Matt Rule and greener pastures. I just, we've never even really broke that down quite no, like we that. And it's just, I, I'm just, I want Nebraska fans to know I'm, I am mind blown that it looked like this. I, I can't explain it. There was inner demons that that Scott was working. Through. I think so. I, I mean, yeah. there, there's something. He's, else. he's going to be on the Alabama staff in no time. Yeah, he's got. He needs the the uh, the Saban, the nurturing of yeah, nurturing of Saban. With with that being said, I do want to give. I want to give them the, the the Nebraska players credit. The emotional stuff that went through. I mean, they got to take the long trip over to Ireland, and then they lose to Northwestern. But it was just the way they lost to. Oh, and how good Lord. did Northwestern look in that game? Oh my God! I was, I was like, well, damn it, they're doing it again. Yes, I, ha- I came away from that game more concerned about Northwestern yes. than I thought Nebraska was going to be bad. I, I thought both teams looked. I good. thought both teams looked pretty good. I was, I thought watching them, I thought they were a bowl game or a bowl team. Absolutely, that game. 
absolutely. I would have put money on both of these yep. teams being bold teams. Um, uh, and then Anthony Grant was fantastic this year. Yeah. Casey Thompson was darn good. He was good. Yeah, Trey was Palmer good. was excellent. And by the way, there's my MVP. My MVP. Trey yeah, Palmer, Trey 71 Trey. receptions, 1,043 yards, nine touchdowns. I couldn't find it I, in, in, on ESPN stat, but didn't he have some return scores? I think at so. least one. Or a score? I thought he had at oh. least one return score. Like a, a kick return? No? I'm sorry. No, I... Maybe you're right. Yeah, that's not. I don't know, but anyway, okay. nine receiving touchdowns. He was. He was. He was and, amazing. And by the way, three guys that were not on campus the year before last year: Trey Palmer, yeah. Casey Thompson, and Grant. Right. And by the way, Grant was like underratedly good last year. Yes. He had some runs where he made twenty-two yard gains yep. out of nothing. Man, he he was incredible. I, I just didn't Palmer, think he get. There was times he was uncoverable. Absolutely. He, I, I think there's a lot of DBs that knew he was pretty good but at the beginning of the game. By the end of the game, they're like, this yeah. dude's a stud. He was fantastic, fast as hell. But long story short is what those Nebraska players got put through for them to have kept battling and get wins versus they I mean, did. at Rutgers and, and... They barely lost to Wisconsin. Right. I mean, they... they Illinois beat them pretty handily, but I thought they hung in there against yep. Illinois. Yeah. So there. So I think a lot of people that would look at this and say that proves that there's talent on per- the team. Purdue was another one. Purdue too. They yeah. hung right in there with Purdue. Yep. They were but, all of them. But yep. when I look at their wins, I know I went with a solid D. Okay. I was a, I was a little bit higher. I, I went... I actually have written on my page C minus D plus. Okay. And then in the end, I'm like, but you're Nebraska. And you were expected with this schedule to be like, you really thought you had a chance to compete for the Big Ten West. Definitely get into a bowl. There was nary a Nebraska fan okay. before last year that did not think they were going to a bowl. I also thought Nebraska was going to a bowl to finish the year four and eight. I gave him a D plus. Okay, and again, way too much talent on this team to not make a bowl game. But all the talent is far away from the ball. Oh, that's a good point. As we get closer to the ball, <laughs> the, the, the no, lines... They, you're right. The lines were bad. They were bad. Like, it was a competition to who was worse, the O-line or D-line. Fair. So that's and, Fair. That, and that's where Rule... And by the way, you know, we're projecting forward. It's on to greener pastures. I do believe Matt Rule is going to have a lot of success at Nebraska. It's And it, it, how's he going to do it? completely different than how Scott Frost did it. So you're drinking the Roulade. I don't know if I'm taking as big a swigs as many, but yes, the the the, the Roulade is a thing. Last place with a bullet. In seventh place, the Northwestern Wildcats. Whew. One and 11. One and eight in the Big Ten. The only win coming at the beginning of the year of the team we just broke down in Ireland to start the year out one and oh. I'm getting shit talked by our guy Ben on Twitter. What did you think? <laughs> did you think Northwestern was gonna did be you really bad again? Think that they'd be that bad? And then they went 0 and 11 on USA soil. Didn't win in the U.S. This one and 11. This is easily Fitzy's worst team. I don't even know how far you got to go back to find a worse Northwestern team. You, probably into the 80s. I, I think, think you you'd probably go into the 80s oh, to abs- find. Absolutely, it is. This team was atrocious. They didn't do be anything well. Maybe early 90s. 
But even then, like I'm thinking 92, they were 3-8. and eight, okay. And they had the Big Ten Player of the Year. It was a bad team, but you have sure. the Silver Trophy winner in 92. Yeah, it's definitely a better year. I, 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 did, I, I saw them play in 91. They beat a good Illinois team. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're in the 80s when even the second worst team in the Big Ten knew they were going to beat Northwestern. Right. That's... That's what that, this was. That's what this was. I mean, it's just like ugly. like me and you both had the same thoughts before the season started, which was what we were seeing on paper for Northwestern did not look good to us. Nope. But we always have the clenchy butt cheeks. Always. Because you're like, what is Fitzgerald going to do? By about end of September already, you're like, this does not look good. Okay. They lose in September to Duke, Southern Illinois. Miami of Ohio. Mm-hmm. They had already lost to those teams by the end of September. Once the Southern Illinois game was done and then topped it off with Miami of Ohio, I'm like, this this is bad. You know how much I hate this team. <laughs> I felt bad for them a little bit. After losing to Southern, I was like, oh, my I, got, I started feeling bad for them. I felt bad for them after Iowa beat them. I wasn't going to feel bad for Fair. them until Iowa got okay. the dub. Okay. But after that, I'm like, okay, this is just looking. Because I don't, I don't hate Fitzy. You know, no, I, I I mean I'm first of all, I'm sure he's a great guy. If yeah. I met him, I'm sure I would like him. I respect the hell out of the guy. Yes. I don't of know that I respect anybody more than him. But this there's no respect for what happened this year. No, it was it was an absolute shit show from start to finish. Well, after the start and then to the finish is what I should say. And I want to point out something that the West Lot Pirates told me when I went to yeah. the, the Northwestern game versus Illinois is that the seniors that left that day had never seen Northwestern beat a Big Ten West opponent in that stadium. That is almost impossible to think about. I know. Uh, this program's in trouble. Yes. It's in trouble. Um, like, and my quote I have is, it's it's hard to fire Fitzy, but I don't see a way out with Fitzy. It, I mean, it's got to start looking better. If it if it looks like this next year, I think you have to fire him. You, you ha- and, and probably how it goes down is Fitzy agrees to not be the coach yeah. anymore where something's worked out he, behind fi- the he finds a better opportunity in the nfl don't you think that's yes if, if it looks like this again next if year. it looks because if, even if they're three and nine i right but it okay so let's say they beat southern they beat miami of ohio then they'd be three and nine right so that is better than one 11 though. I, it's way better it's way better <laughs> about three times better but you got to have you got to be able to project in the future see see some sort of upward projection yes if you're not seeing that then and i've always said he's as safe as a supreme court justice but i don't know maybe they fire those guys these days <laughs> yeah <laughs> total offense 11th total defense 11th scoring offense 14th scoring defense 12th Oof. and you you can always count on their defense Couldn't. until this year no and, and i i was convinced that the defense would look better Maybe it did at times. Uh, but I don't know, man. It, it wasn't great. Um, I, I remember, like, I watched, you know, I, I mean, I watch all these games as hard as I can, but I watched the Iowa Northwestern game, the hardest of all the Northwestern's ga- games. And there were times where the, the front seven of Northwestern looked so unathletic. I know. They could not get off blocks. I and know. I was, like, shocked at what no. I saw. And what's crazy is their best players are it was one D lineman that's going pro. Sure. A tackle. That's going pro, and my MVP on the year 
running back Evan Hull. He was amazing, uh, considering what he was working with. Correct. The guy ran for 913 yards and five touchdowns, but he caught. He yep. was the second leading wide receiver on this team. Okay, 546 that's... yards and two touchdowns. I just wrote down his total yards, which was 1,459 total yards, seven touchdowns. If without him, oh, I, good Lord. Even even worse. Good Lord. And he was incredible in that Nebraska game. They they partly won that game because of Evan Hull. There's right. no doubt about it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, I got I got an F. I got an F. What else are you supposed to give them? No, you have to give them an F. Like so so the only way you would give them an F is if they went 0 and 12? No, 1 and 11. That's an F. No doubt. Far below. This was the easiest grade I gave of all 14 teams. I, I at one point I'm like, do I throw them a, you know, uh, extend an olive branch and give them a D minus? Nope. But, but I would think even Northwestern fans were like, no, that's an F. They yeah. You go 1 and 11. You... I didn't even have to think about this one. Yeah. Automatic F. Sorry, just, Northwestern fans. Yeah, it is what it is. All right. That's good that, stuff, man. That concludes this podcast. Uh, a little long-winded there. We did. I I tried to, you know, preempt the podcast by saying I thought we would be long-winded there, but um, but maybe it's fitting that we got long-winded because we've got a bit of an announcement to make. I do have an announce. I am making a life change here, and I'm going to be moving out of the state of Minnesota. Back to my roots. I will be moving to the state of Indiana. I will be moving to Northwest Indiana, and so this is the last—not not last ever. I'm I'm sure I'll come back and we can do it in person. But from from this point forward, it's gonna be remote sesh. Yep. Yeah. So so that little little life change right there. Moving closer to the fam. Moving back to the old yep. roots there. Um, try to think of the best the best way to articulate this, just from my point of view. Um, I don't want to see you go. <laughs> you're what? You're not just one of my. You're not just my podcast partner. You're one of my best friends that live in Minnesota. Um, college football fans are sometimes not the easiest to find here in no, the land of 10,000 sure. lakes. Uh, so you, so that I'm losing that, obviously, as well. Just the, hey, you want to come over and you know watch the afternoon games? Sometimes it worked out for you. Sometimes it didn't. But yep. when you were here, it was a blast. I'm losing that. Uh, but I support you. You know, in your in your decisions. Yep. Um, obviously, I hope it works out well for you, and you are happy uh, where you go. It just sucks for me. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, the podcast will continue. It'll take us a little bit to get like we'll. Hopefully, you can step your step your microphone game up a little bit. Uh, the, I'll figure something out. The, the combination of microphone and 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 headphones, but we'll do this best we can. Obviously, to make the audio as good as we can. I mean, there's some audio that you can hear on podcasts that you would hardly even tell they're not in the same room. So we'll try to figure that out. I'll I'll put some work into it because it can be done well. I know that it can be done a little bit better than what we're doing now. So we're going to, we're going to make that commitment to try to make that work. It mostly comes down to microphone platform. So hopefully we can figure that out. Um, So the podcast will continue, which is great news. Um, Probably the perfect time for this to happen because this is usually somewhat of our deadest yeah, period for sure. before. Good timing, yeah. But we got some time to work through that before we ramp up for the football season. There could be other fun things happening with the podcast from now until then. Stay tuned for that. Um, but sorry to see you go. Uh, you know what I'm thinking is just when you go to a bar and you can't get a college football game on, on a TV, who are you going to complain to? I'm, I'm going to text and call you and say, hey, it's yeah, happening again. Right. That's how it's going to go down. You just won't be sitting on the bar By the way, next to me. I was at a bar yesterday during the Indiana-Purdue game. I just didn't even bother asking. No. I wanted to watch it so bad. Yep. And I'm like, it's just going to be such a hassle if I ask him. I'm just, I'll, I'll just follow on my phone. And it's like you would be like, I support the high school girls' hockey 
you know, well, tournament that's going thing. on. That's right. fine. Yeah. I, but we have 14 TVs here. Could right. we get one on Indiana yeah. Purdue? Yeah. And you're right. That's what was on. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I get it. It's regional. That's yep. that's that's oh, variety is the spice of life. Yep. But my gosh, can we get? But yeah, it's it's the act of actually getting it to happen. Yep. That's that's crazy. But um, anyways, yeah, this is, uh, you know, bit of an end of an era for the downstairs athletic club. A little bit. Not yes. that you'll never be back to right. record here, but obviously just not as much. So I'm going to shake your and, hand yep. across the table. All right. And for those curious, not a new job, just a new territory with the same job. There you go. So, so a yeah. lot of things are going to remain the same, just calling in different folks, and they all happen to be in Indiana. There you go. So back to your roots, but still, and still in Big Ten country. Still in Big Ten it's country. Like some would say even more in the heart of Big Ten country. But here's what I'm really excited about: is it's a, I think it's about a two and a half hour drive to Champaign, and it's about one and a half to two to Lafayette from where I'm living. Yeah. So I can go see Purdue. Football, basketball, I can see the Illini when they're in town. Yep. I can go see the Illini at home occasionally. Yeah, you're, That's what you're I'm more – Minnesota is obviously north and northwest very much in the Big Ten football – in the Big Ten right. footprint. It's hard to get to no, I mean, many I, other games other than – I mean, the closest one is either Wisconsin or Iowa. You right. know? Now you're within, you're within striking distance yep. of a ton of Big Ten venues. So I would see Illinois when they'd come to town, whether it be football or basketball, but – I only went to Champaign a couple times the entire time I lived yeah. here because it's just a pain in the ass it's to get tough. down there. It's, it's like, tough. and you're not just getting to Chicago. You have to get to Chicago, then you get then to Champaign. It, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit better yeah. for you there. So, and I'll uh, every now and then I'll I'll get in my truck or I'll get in an airplane and yeah, meet I mean, you at one of those venues. It's yeah, for sure. Yeah, but hey, I get to go to the Big Ten championships now. Yeah. Football and basketball. Football and basketball. That's going right to be there. amazing. Right, two, how far will you be from Indy? It's about, it's close to a three-hour drive. It's oh, about it two and a half to three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that that under four-hour mark, Oh yeah. it's an important one. I don't know what it is. No. What's your mark for, uh, not that big a deal for a drive? Under, I would say under four, yeah. yeah under I four. mean, to me, the, the amount of driving I used to at my last job, where I, sometimes I would drive 10 hours. So three, it sounds like nothing to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. I'm Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.